platform. Hey, welcome back to another edition of the Five Tool Podcast. I'm Dustin McComas, joined once again as always by Drew Bishop. We're up to episode 102, and we are seeing live games, lineups, score being kept, most importantly, numbers on the jerseys. Um, it is, uh, it's very refreshing for us. It makes our jobs a little bit easier to identify players. Um, and share who's performing out there. But uh, before we get into the games and stuff, Drew, how are you doing on this? What day is it? When you have kids and there's a three-day weekend, you lose track of days. It is Wednesday while we're recording. Today's Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. There we um, go. I'm, I'm good. Um, got my, I think I got my schedule lined up for this weekend. So I'm there you excited go. about that. Um, rained this morning, but it looks like it's out of here. Um, yeah, just paying, paying attention to the schedules and watching stuff go by on Twitter and following the college stuff, um, which is, which is fun. So um, yeah, real baseball for everyone. It's great. Yeah. It's my tweet deck is just full of it. It's like high school videos coming in on one side and then I got college what the college stuff was going and then my spring training little area. And then of course my fantasy baseball column there. So it's all baseball all the time right now. And speaking of, before we get into the, the games and stuff like that, um, I don't know if you picked up on this. You no, know, one of my, um, I guess part of my routine when I go get in bed is to scroll through my MLB beat reporter column yeah. on my treat deck just to catch news. There are so many pro teams right now that are talking about defensive versatility in camp and yeah, guys that can play outfield and infield and move around. And there's a lot of emphasis right now on skilled players that can help them get as much defensive versatility and, you know, build their bench a certain way and things like that. So it's something that we talk about with guys like growing up, like, Hey, you know what? Yeah. Everybody kind of wants to play shortstop or center field or, or whatever, but it's, it's a great thing. If you're building skill of how to play different positions all over the diamond, because we're getting more and more evidence that that's where the game's shifting to, you know, with these shorter yeah. benches with pro teams they are like, Hey, if I can get a guy that's got some tools and he can play the outfield, he can play third for us, maybe second base in a pinch. Like those guys, their value is going up right now. Yeah, no doubt. Like, you know, and one of the, that pot, that podcast that I listened to the football one with Daniel Jeremiah and yeah. Bucky Brooks, mm-hmm. where they went to the winter meetings and talked to a bunch of GMs and high, high up in MLB officials. Like the, the consistent thing that I heard a lot was, you know, we love guys that play not just multi positions, but multi sports. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it, it, it matters. Like, it, it, there's so much that you have to gain from playing multiple sports growing yeah. up and being able to not specialize as much as possible as long as you can is something that they look at and they put a lot of emphasis on because, you know, you, you do different stuff physically. Um, you're in different types of locker rooms, um, different types of situations, different types of coaching, yes. different types of weightlifting programs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, the, the benefits from it to me far outweigh the downside of, of playing multiple sports. And I mean, I know when I was in Texas, we, we craved multi-sport athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you could tell guys that had played other sports and, you know, football guys, you could tell they'd been in the weight room. Um, doesn't necessarily mean they're stronger than all the guys that just played baseball, but they definitely just moved differently and had a different approach and almost tempo to it than some of yeah. the guys that hadn't, but it matters. And, you know, I sounds like listening to a bunch of stuff and 
talks about early spring training, we we may see a resurgence in the stolen base, which oh, I, I would love. So. I was listening to uh, uh, an episode, a podcast that had uh, Kyle Schwarber, and he's thrilled that the shift is not a thing. Um, and he thinks, he might hit two fifty this year. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He With forty homers. He, th- <laughs> he thinks it's gonna it's gonna be very it's gonna be very different. It's gonna you know it's gonna force guys. It's gonna force more contact. Um, because you know, you're not, you're not having to try to hit home runs and hit balls over the infield or over the fence. So he thinks it's going to force contact and, you know, it seems like some of the rules are going to, uh, see a tick up and some of the stolen base stuff, you know, I hope so. it's going to, it's going to be really interesting to see how that, that plays out over the course of the year. Hopefully, hopefully it has the desired impact and, you know, shifts the game a little bit back towards more of a, you know, for lack of a better term, pure, for your standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. We can, uh, I I'm, I've been trying to project what I think statistically it's going to do. Cause I've done some really fancy drafts already, but I'm really excited because stolen bases are exciting. Like it's more athleticism being brought back to the game and, you know, the whole dynamic yeah. of pitchers, you know, limiting those guys to certain amount of disengagements and things like that. So, and as we always know, there's going to be a trickle down effect, you know, with, with what happens at the pro level, we'll start trickling down to the college level and so on and so forth. So it's going to be exciting to follow that. But uh, what was exciting was uh, the the private school action that you guys took in this past weekend, a lot of big time performances. If you missed it, uh, a lot of awesome video throughout the weekend, we've got our top 10 plays and performances up at five tool.org and on YouTube as well. Uh, it was crazy that there were there were three no hitters or perfect games uh, thrown in that private school event um, by some really good yeah. pitchers. Um, yeah. So um, you were out there taking it all in. I know you've got a bunch of thoughts. You got way more games to talk about than I do. Um, so I'll let you hit lead off here before we get to to my game down in San Antonio last night. Yeah, I'll I'll run through the 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 five uh, private school games that I was at private school classic games that I was at. Um, really good baseball across the board. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting to see who has pitching left after day one and two of some of these events. But, um, what I found was some teams do, (laughs) and that's a good thing. And what I was impressed with too, is there was quite a few homeschool teams, um, that participated in the event and, and had a good showing. Um, you know, I, I got to see, uh, THESA, um, play against J JP two in the first game, um, Aiden McNulty, for Thesa had a double and a single. Uh, Noah Cruz had a double. Um, some some good baseball there. They had one inning that got away from them and kind of kind of hurt the the score and the outcome of the game. But um, but they were competitive. You know, I mean, it's they had guys that knew what they were doing. Um, a couple of the homeschool teams really had some physical players. And I, I'm just fascinated by the way it works. I spent a little time asking one of the team moms. You know, like. How do like how do you even qualify to be on these teams? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like we saw, we saw a Texas commit from Iowa playing on one of these Texas homeschool teams in our event. So it was fascinating to see understand how that worked. And it's something I think it's gonna it's that whole sector of baseball is gonna see a huge tick up in the next several years because oh, I think yeah, it's a sure. it's a it's a really good option, and you can tell that these kids play competitively. Um, mm-hmm. and it, and it's a very different um makeup of a team than it probably would have been five to ten years ago. Um from the JP2 side in that game, Justin Blancafort just keeps hitting. Um he was a home run shy of the cycle. Jeez. Uh Parker Parker Asturi caught 
Um, he catches well. He ca- he can catch and throw. He had he had let's see two triples and a single in that first game, and he got on base with a walk as well. Um, our man Curtis Wolf that we got from opening day getting the walk off walk off um, yeah. It, he can hit like he hit a bomb in in this game like a really good swing on a, and what was a not a bad pitch um, but he got into it and hit it so you know he can really hit. Uh, Derek Mitchell, I think I saw at least five hits on the day from him. Wow. Um, he just found his way on base. You know, he, he didn't, not all of them were hit extremely hard, but man, like hitters find holes and that's what Mm -hmm. he did all day long. Uh, Kendall McDowell actually pitched. I hadn't seen him pitch before, but he's just a winning baseball player. I think I tweeted that out, but he just does something every game that I see them play, um, to contribute to wins. Um, and he plays hard. Uh, he can play a bunch of different positions. You can add pitching to his resume. Uh, Jacob Carlson had a single, um, and JP2 ended up winning that game. In the second game of the doubleheader that day, JP2 versus St. Michael's. Um, our buddy uh, Nick DeSantiago actually coaches for for St. Michael's. He, he has teams that play in a bunch of our events. But uh, St. Michael's had a really intriguing catcher, Charles Evans, Um who is very physical and very strong. Um, he had one good throw down the second, um, caught well, and he hit a he hit a deep fly ball to right field that he made really good contact with. So um, the physical tools are there for Charles. Um, going back to the JP2 side in that game, Blancafor was on base like normal. Um, Parker Asturi got on base with a walk. Curtis Wolf had an RBI single. That was, Derek Mitchell had three singles in that game um, while I was there and Jacob Carlson got on base again in that game for, for JP two. So um, they did a good job on the Thursday doubleheader win in both games. Um, Friday, I went out to globe life to watch the college games. Oh, um, there you go. Yeah. And so we can go back to that later, but um, went back out Saturday um, to get the final day action The I guess for lack of a better term bracket play, the, games or something on the line um on saturday uh first game i got to see grace against legacy christian um grace ended up winning that game to move on to the championship jt williams had a double a triple a double so he was on base a lot avery baber had a double and a sing and two singles uh noah melton hit a home run had a single and a triple and simeon garner was on on the base four times that game as well um, so, so they won that game to move on to the, to the championship, uh, in the, in that division, the other, uh, semifinal game that, um, that day was between parish and faith, grapevine faith. Um, and some really good players between those two games, uh, Derek Eusebio, who I believe I saw as a Arizona state football commit. Okay. Um, led off. He got on base a couple of times that game. Uh, Grant Metten catches um, physical catcher. Nick Rolfe uh, got on base as well for Parrish. Um, but Faith put up some some big numbers in that game. Uh, Caden Anholt was on base a couple times, had an RBI triple. Uh, our guy Andy Neal um, from the catcher position, uh, West Point commit, um, yeah. showed well. He's just clearly a team leader on that team. Mm. Um, and then Jaden Norris, who is a uh, Butler football commit, um, physical outfielder, played center field. And man, he I like the way he plays. He just plays hard, uh, you know, 
runs everything out. He made a diving catch and center that was good. Um, hit the ball hard a couple of times and and they in that on Saturday and they won that game. Um, then moving to the championship game, uh, Grace versus Faith uh, for the for the championship in that in that division. Uh, Caden Anholt again uh, got on base. He had a double to lead, lead it off. Uh, Will Nicholson um, had an RBI. He got down the line pretty quick. Uh, Andy Neal uh, had another good game. Um, I just like I like watching him play. He you can tell he's always in the game when he's catching. Um, uh, Garrison Saint Romain had a couple base hits, uh, and then you know the star of the show that game was probably Ryan Rummel, a pitcher um, who I think he ended up with ten strikeouts. I want to say, oh, um, but I, I was impressed with him. Um, I, I watched most of that game from down the down the first base side, and you could tell the ball was jumping out of his hand from the side, mm. um, and. He just attacked and competed. I really like what he brought to the table. And then, you know, as faith ended up winning that game and, and winning that division. So uh, really good baseball. I don't know if you, ever, if you saw the field, but so Parrish is known for having the blue turf. Yes. Um, and I don't know if this is, you know, everyone always talks about Boise state's advantage in football, but when I pulled up, that blue turf kind of messes with your mind a little bit. Like when I pulled up, I thought it was the softball field because it looked small. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I got out there and I was like, no, this is clearly the baseball field. And it, it's a, a much bigger part than you think when you come up on it. Um, but Paris does a good job, really nice facility. Um, they've, they've started attracting some football talent as well too. So I think some of those guys um, play on the play baseball or, or they're trying to get out to play baseball, but um a good event. You know, I was really impressed with the quality of play across the board. Um, you know, you had a, quite a few private school teams. Um, some of the big, bigger, more well-known names um, across the board, you, you know, you have your JP2s and your Preston Woods, um, your Bishop Lynch's. Uh, but man, the pro- the product from A to Z was was really good. I yeah, was that's pleasantly what it looked surprised. Like. And, and, you know, like I said, I that I'm, I was intrigued by the homeschool thing um, mm-hmm. because I haven't, I don't have a whole lot of experience with that, but um, to me, what I saw, I mean, that's an option for people that if you're doing that and you can get on one of these teams, you know, it seemed like I think different teams have different rules for how you can qualify, but you know, some of the kids do go to public schools that maybe just don't have that sport or a sport um, that can qualify. Um, there's a lot of co-ops now that seem seemingly are popping up um that can allow you to play on some of these homeschool teams so just i, I it was as a takeaway it was interesting you know i liked yeah. hearing about it um and there's definitely a quality of play that was was higher than than i than i was aware of you know and that i i just for la- didn't know what to think really um but you know i figured you know each team might have a guy or two but that wasn't really the case there was quality baseball being played by these programs and they have some really good coaches um that's something that you know i think you know if it becomes an option for some people it's something i would definitely look into because um they they're competitive and i think we may end up um, covering another homeschool event later on in the spring if that works out but um good baseball i was Mm -hmm. i was pleasantly surprised uh across the board you know some of these teams were playing five and six games and they were still running out some arms that were competitive it wasn't just you know a a guy that couldn't throw strikes and you got run ruled because you couldn't, you know, that was, you didn't see much of that, but got to see a lot of action via Twitter. If you haven't check it out. I thought yeah. 
there was really good coverage. Our guys did a really good job for early season tournament like that. And, um, you know, I know that we were getting asked quite a bit about some players that played in the event, mm -hmm. um, that, that college coaches across the country were seeing on Twitter. So, um, we enjoyed being part of that part of the home plate, uh, Texas private school classic and, Hopefully, look forward to doing it again in the future. So, yeah, again, our coverage was was awesome. Uh, I mean, just literally, just go to the website and click the line, or um, and then make sure you check out that video that we did with the the top ten performances because they all came from that private school event, which kind of speaks to how much both talent and performances were there. Um, you know, uh, one guy in particular. Jackson Burns to me we'd heard he might be taking a jump and that's that's what it looked like throwing throwing much harder um in, in uh, early season kind of chilly conditions so we got some good video of him but there's great stuff um from all those teams and um yeah I was really um not not necessarily surprised but it definitely caught my attention how many like quality players there were across the board um on all those teams pitchers hitters performers um you know whatever i mean there was uh there were really good performances and then our guy brady janusic like what did he do just come off the basketball hardwood and then just hit a bomb right away like that video we got of him just crushing a homer like oh man i don't uh or if people are still sleeping on him they better wake up because uh it's it's elite athleticism and the guy just hammers Hammers baseball for sure. So, so I got I got clarification. It's Jan Asek. Jan Asek. Okay. Okay. Jan Asek. Brady Jan Asek. Okay. But he is uh, he is a freak, and yes. you know we've seen him on the football field just dominating yep. competition. Um, and man, he is yeah. He there's a lot more in the tank too. You know, I don't think yeah. people and even probably him realize how good he is or can be. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's not many people, you can't teach what he has, That's right. just the easy, easiest way to put it. And he's a special athlete and, you know, lo love watching that sticks team that he plays on play. And you got to see one of his teammates pause throw on Monday. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about that game later. Yeah. So I went down to San Antonio, uh, last night, um, to see Reagan versus Clark, you know, once I heard, checked in with some pitchers and say, Hey, you're throwing. And I got the yes from, from the two big names, Jake Neely down there, Reagan, a junior right-handed pitcher. And then Aiden Coleman, a senior signed, uh, excuse me, Jake Neely for Clark, a junior right-handed pitcher. And then Aiden Coleman, a senior from Reagan who signed uh, to pit both five to 55 guys. Uh, and, uh, and, and Reagan obviously has had a ton of success um, for a while now. It seems like they're always in the national title, I mean, not national title, state title hunt each season. And then Clark had a come off a good year last year, um, lost some key pieces, Anthony Silva moving on to TCU and some other guys as well. So they're trying to replace some key parts from their, from their successful playoff team last year. But um, I'll start with Neely, who was on a pitch count. Um, he threw 70 pitches. Uh, unfortunately, uh, a couple of contributing factors limited that to only two and two thirds innings, uh, was his timing control were early season inconsistent form at times, which kind of raised the pitch count. And also he recorded, uh, seven of his eight outs by via strikeout. So whenever you're striking out that many guys, the pitch count's going to go up, but, um, he actually touched 95 miles an hour in the third inning. Um, he sat 91 to 94, a lot of 92s, a lot of 93s, bumped to 95 before he was done in the third inning. 
And uh, it's it's really exciting stuff. Uh, he throws like a low spin knuckle curveball, which you don't really see much at the high school level. Um, I think huh. it's also something that his brother has thrown, uh, Big Jack Neely as well, who's in pro ball right now. Uh, but it's got depth and shape. And uh, I tweeted out a video of it last night. It actually buckled a hitter. Um, you know, it's 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 weird to see a ball like that that has the spin rate that it has. It's just really unique, and a lot of hitters don't see anything like that. So true, true curveball shape, uh, true slider shape that was up to I believe 80, 81 miles an hour. Didn't show the change up much, but it's in there. Um, fastball just beat guys routinely, and we're talking about one of the best lineups in the state in Reagan. It's a really, really good lineup. Uh, and he was blowing fastballs by guys, even in fastball counts. So Really exciting stuff. Um, excited to see how he performs throughout the year. Um, an uncommitted junior arm, certainly one of the most talented uncommitted prospects in, in the state, regardless of classification. But it was really impressive stuff. Uh, once he gets that timing more consistent, um, I think that he's going to throw strikes in the future, especially as he adds strength. The delivery is, is a solid delivery for, for a prep right-hander. But this stuff is, is really, really loud. He competes. He stayed within himself. Not a guy that's trying to blow up the radar gun constantly or anything like that. Uh, really, really exciting arm down at Clark. And then Jacob Silva, the younger brother of Anthony Silva. I didn't recognize him. I, I was sitting next to his dad while we are watching the game. And I was like, has he grown? And he's gotten after it in the weight room. Adding a lot of really good muscle. Um, it's really showing with the bat. Um, the ball come off came off the bat well. Um, obviously a talented catching prospect as, as, as well, but he's poised for a big season with the bat, but yeah, I was just kind of taken aback at how much more physical and bigger he looked in a, in a really, really good way. Um, and then I got to look at Ethan Keller, who's a freshman right-handed pitcher for Clark, who was up to 83 miles an hour, kind of a sinker slider look, but I know it's a guy that they're really excited about in that program. Um, he's shown more velocity in the past, like in early season practices and scrimmages, uh, kind of getting his his feet wet at the varsity level and uh, getting thrown into a tight situation um, against Reagan there. And uh, the stuff was promising. He's got a chance, I think, to really develop into something there. Um, ben Roska, right-handed pitcher, that's a sophomore. Um, doesn't light up the radar gun, but gave those guys a lot of quality innings and kept them in the game. And I like Lito Carden, who's an uncommitted senior, plays third base, played some clean defense, had a lot of action come his way, uh, made the plays. Um, had a solid night at the, in the batter's box as well, but it ended up being a really competitive game. Not many hits, uh, understandably with Neely and Aiden Coleman on the mound, but not a lot of hits. It was two to two heading into extra innings, uh, before Reagan blew it open and up winning the game seven to two. And, uh, Caleb Rogers, uh, sophomore was a big reason for that. He actually got them on the board with their first hit of the game and then came through later with another hit. Um, athletic can move. Well, I, I like the hitting tools. I like the hitting projection there. Uh, played right field, uh, but anytime you're a sophomore and you're starting at that program and in, in the lineup where he was, I think it's a pretty loud statement about what kind of player you are and performer you are. So he's a definite name to watch in that 2025 class. Uh, but Aiden Coleman, uh, I was impressed. You know, I was really impressed because he lost his timing in his delivery. Uh, I think it was about the third inning or something like that and actually walked three straight guys. But then he corrected it, and then it was never an issue again the rest of the game. Uh, I, the the view from the side was good. Quick arm, uh, like the hand finish, the way it finished there. He's added some muscle, um, promising athlete. Fastball is up to 93. He settled in about 88 to 91, uh, bumped to 90 in the sixth inning when he kind of reached back a little bit. Uh, the curveball was, was a weapon. Uh, short, tight, sharp. 
RPMs up to 2,500. Uh, showed what looked like a true slider as well. Didn't really see the change up much, but I think it's in there. Uh, but the curveball's got a chance to be a big weapon, and he got some whiffs with the slider as well against right-handed hitchers. Um, really competes. You can see why he's won a ton of games at Reagan. You can see why Pitt wanted him really early on in the recruiting process. Competes, gets after it, stays within himself. Uh, he's going to have a big, big season there at Reagan. But um, Reagan's got some talent, unsurprisingly. They, they, they've got some guys. And, uh, you know, Caden Roy was the guy that we really liked in the summer, a catcher from the Texas Angels. And I got the lineup, and I was like, he's playing first. You know, that's one of my favorite defensive catchers I saw in the summer. Um, and then I got to look at senior Andrew Ermis catching. And he's he's a dude at catcher. Um, he's the son of, of Coach Ermis at St. Mary's in San Antonio. Uh, plays tight end on the football team. He looks like a really physical tight end. Uh, really strong arm. Um, caught well, received well, worked with his pitcher well. But it's there's some really intriguing catch and throw skill back there. Accurate arm, uh, can really handle the run game, moved well. Um, he's uncommitted. Obviously, St. Mary's is probably going to be in the picture. But um, from what I've heard that, you know, he might be a guy that I think junior colleges should really take a look at. Um, especially if they're needed in catching, because I was impressed. I mean, he hit in the middle of that lineup, but really you just don't see many uncommitted arms like that at the catcher position with that kind of body. So uh, I think that he's a guy that junior college programs, and they probably know. I mean, I, I'm sure they're aware of his dad at St. Mary's and and things like that, but played for that Alamo Drillers team this summer was a, was a performer for them. Um, and that was like, okay, I got my reason why Caden Roy wasn't catching because there's a senior catcher ahead of him who's really, really good. Um, and Caden Roy played some first base with those guys, an uncommitted uh, junior that that we like behind the dish as well. Um, Ashton Beard, shortstop hit leadoff for those guys, committed to New Mexico Junior College, a senior, um, had a big knock late in the game, good-looking kid physically. Uh, I mentioned Rogers, uh, mentioned Roy. Uh, Jeter Battles, the younger brother of Jalen Battles, uh, former Arkansas star, uh, junior, undersized, thin, but – uh, plays a clean second base, got on the mound, was up to 84 miles an hour with a quick arm. I think he's a guy, if, the, if there's a physical jump in the future, could really unlock a lot of things. Um, but getting back to uh, to Coleman, just was impressed with the way he competed. Um, 88 pitches through six innings was was really good, considering that he lost his control at some point. And then you look up, it's like, oh, you know, he's not even at 90 pitches through six innings against one of the better teams um, in San Antonio. So, uh, and then um, from the the tough to pronounce name department, which I always get one of these guys, uh, Michael Izagiri, Y-Z-A-G-U-I-R-R-E, came off the bench as a pinch hitter. He's a, he's in the 2024 class playing outfield. Major, major bat speed from the right side. Really hammered a ball into the gap that almost flew out. Um, showed some impressive pop there. Uh, that's a hitter, I think, to watch in that 2024 class. Um, and then Brennan Greer, who's heading to St. Mary's, who's a senior, right-handed pitcher in DH. He didn't pitch this game, um, but swung the bat really well. Got it's added some muscle there. So uh, Reagan's got some dudes, um, not not surprisingly. They've got some talent. They're going to be really, really good again. Uh, just a team that consistently is always in the state title hunt down there um, in San Antonio. So it was good to get some eyes on them. But, um, yeah, Neely is really exciting from the stuff side. And then Aiden Coleman. I think is poised to have another really, really great season on the mound as a senior. Yeah. You know, and we're not completely done with the scrimmages um, on the podcast. I had one more scrimmage that I made it to Monday, uh, but I had to get out and see Hebron versus Prosper. Oh, that's right. Playing, yeah. They were playing at noon. Um, but I will say 
there was some there were some portions of it that felt like both teams were kind of like we're done with scrimmage. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, so there was a few of those moments, but it was actually so in the moment, and I talked to him about it just because I know I, I was curious, but you know, for Marco's pause um in his outing, you know, he he got squeezed on a couple balls. Um, so he ended up having the bases loaded, but then he kind of like the competitive spirit in him just kind of ticked up because you know he that pride. I mean, he just like he don't want to give up a run. Yeah. Um, so he kicked it into game mode and got a double play ball and got out of the inning. Um, so he was, you know, everything that you'd want to see from him. I saw, um, so he let it off for Hebert on the mound, um, multiple arms that I hadn't seen for Hebron through in this game. And man, like they ever get to a spot where they need like their eighth, ninth, 10th pitcher, <laughs> they're, they're going to be fine. Um, <laughs> And not saying that's what these what these guys are, but it. I mean, they're just so loaded. They're so deep, and they have so many arms. Um, they're going to be a problem, um, you know. Especially you get starting into the three game series in the playoffs. But Tyler Dobbs, I hadn't seen him since the summer. He was really good. Wichita State commit. Um, he attacked. Showed multiple off speed pitches that I was impressed with. Um, you know, he he had a really good inning. Garner Rice looked really good going to North central um, really impressed with him. He just attacked, uh, got outs. Minjay um, got the pitch. That was the first time I've seen him in a while. And man, the stuff is undeniable. Um, ball jumps out of his hand. Um, he actually, so poor Luke Billings, Luke walk hit by a pitch walk while I was there. Um, but Minjay hit him with the pitch. But what I liked about it was, is that like, you know, he came in on it on what a guy that's known as maybe one of the best players in the country um, and definitely one of the best bats in the area. Uh, but he wasn't afraid to come in on him. And I don't know that he pitched that way last year when I saw him in, mm -hmm. in his early season game. Um, he gave up some hits on some fastballs and kind of shied away from it. But that wasn't the case this time. And he was pitching off of his fastball using his breaking ball. But man, he's got electric stuff and he's a, he's a fun watch and he hit Luke and then got out of the inning um, after that uh, with an F8, a three unassisted and a six, three um, with just that weren't particularly hit very well. But um, we've talked about it before. Hebron is loaded. Um, Aiden got on base twice. Uh, Lane Hayworth hit a double. Kate Binion had some really good at bats. He laid off, he had one at bat where he walked that he laid off some really tough pitches. And, um, you know, there's, there's a reason that he's hitting in the middle of the lineup for them. Um, let's see who else. Ian McCracken, uh, looks good at the plate. I didn't see him getting hits while he was there, but I like what he does and what he's able to do. Brady Richardson hit a double, um, another good player for them. PJ Creighton physically looks the part, um, he he has a chance to have a, a breakout year for them, but they're they're loaded. It's it's a really good team. Um, flipping over to the other side, Prosper, they just have they have guys that pop up out of nowhere every time. Um, that really impressed me. Lincoln Skinner is a shortstop that programs need to be aware of and be mm. on um, because he plays with a really high baseball IQ, a really high motor. He can run um, probably six five somewhere in six five to six seven range uh in the 60 and he is smooth with the glove man i i i hadn't seen him 
play that much before. Um, but I just this it was a reason reinforced why I like to go watch in and out before the game. And yeah, why I hate it when teams aren't able to take it. Uh, I get it in a tournament setting, but but I I I miss that. I like watching infield um, just to see how guys move around and how they throw the ball. And that's where I really started to pay attention to him um, because he clearly has good hands, um, really good actions at short. And and then he comes up and is the leadoff hitter and hits a double to start off the game um, off of Marcos Paz. So that says a lot to me. Yeah, it uh, does. Yeah, especially this early in the year. Yeah, uh, very impressed with him. He's a guy that's going to play college baseball, and he's a guy that's going to be a really good late senior sign for somebody because mm-hmm. it, and there's you know there's there's more in there too he's he's a little bit thin um but it sounds like from coach holder that he's really put some effort in in the weight room um and it's clicked for him and that happens a lot and especially at a big program like this you know some guys that haven't had the opportunity or haven't grown as much and then when they do and it clicks they turn into really good players and i think yeah. that's that lincoln skinner falls in that boat for me um uh like i said luke billings walk hit by pitch walk didn't show much but you know showed some patience to draw those walks you know it's a it's easy to get in that setting and want to be a free swinger and 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 just go but he didn't um so that was that was something that was you know that i took away as impressive um jason miller had a double uh 2025 uh left-handed hitting uh outfielder Caden, I guess he goes by Cato, but Robardi, um, left, left. Um, he's got a chance to be a dude. I think he's, he didn't, he didn't have a ton of production on Monday, but it is there. Like he, he throws well from the outfield. He moves right. The swing looks good. He, and he is very athletic. So he's going to be a guy that probably ends up at a big time program. I would imagine, um, Jacob Nelson, uh, hit a home run. Um, let's see Harrison Rosar on the mound. I think he's going to lead the way, uh, for them, um, with Dane Burns being out, but he was really impressive. Just kind of a workman like inning, um, an easy eight, 87, 88, uh, spun a couple of good sliders in the 75, 76 range, but he, he, he's a guy that's going to have a chance to, to definitely play at the next level, whether that's, you know, D one or high level Juco. I think he's, that kind of player um, mm-hmm. and he's hyper competitive and you know, I'm, I'm going to be curious to see when he gets in a game setting, how that velo ticks up because you know, if he, he, he makes, you know, like I said, he was, he was just kind of cruising through Monday um, just easy, easy inning for him. Um, and there's a lot there. Uh, our guy, Aiden white from our five tool GPA team yeah, uh, was really good. Three up, three down. Um, just does what he does efficient innings. And he's a, he's one of those guys that you could look up and like, you know, in a start and he's in the fifth or sixth inning and he's sitting at like 60, 70 pitches, mm-hmm. just the way he pitches and competes and attacks the zone. Um, really, really big fan of his. Um, let's see who else. Let's see. Move. They had a move in, uh, prosper did. Um, I think he's from Arizona, 2024, Eric Thompson, who I got to see for the first time. And, I, I liked it. I think he he's competitive on the mound. Uh, there was a little bit of a cutter that I kind of liked. Um, and then uh, my first real look at Hunter Vincent, a 2025 lefty um, that is long and he repeats well and is athletic. 
Um, and assuming, you know, that I, I would can't imagine that there's not more velo there, but man, he, he was good. He just kept throwing it in there. Um, like we said, against a really, really good Hebron roster. And so he's going to be one that I think a lot of the schools are going to start following if they're not already. Uh, but really impressive. I'm excited to see Prosper again next week in our tournament. Um, they've reloaded, I'll say. Um, Shocking. Yeah. yeah. Um, Coach Holder just does such a good job with that. I mean, he's over there coaching every pitch of the game. You know, nothing gets by him. Um, they're very crisp. They They do a lot. Uh, and they play the game right. So um, really excited to see them again here in a couple of weeks uh, or next week now as we get to, towards our tournament. So, yeah, I'll be here uh, soon. It's all it's all now, moving quick. Officially done with scrimmages. So, yes. yes. And shocking. Yeah. I'm stunned that you've already seen Marcos pause twice this year. I mean, I just can't <laughs> believe that you somehow have managed to see him throw twice already. Which meanwhile, well, got, I like haven't. I said, I, meanwhile, I haven't seen Casey Cunningham swing the bat yet. So, okay. so well, you're uh, you're ahead of the you're ahead of problem. the game there for sure. But um, yeah. yeah, excited to see those guys in, in our big five tool festival coming up. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It'll be here um, in a week or not a week, uh, a week from what tomorrow. Um, yeah, it'll get going. God, March is almost here already. It is flying by, but. Um, yeah, scrimmages, cross them off. We're, we're done with scrimmages. Um, yeah, I noticed that when I was kind of looking through games to go to earlier this week, that some people were still scrimmaging. I was like, yeah, I can't imagine that's, that's, uh, that's very exciting right now. People are going to be chomping at the bit. Um, but, um, we wanted to, to, um, shine a light on what we're doing out in California. They're getting rocking and rolling out there with, with our coverage out in, um, in California, uh, some great video coming through on our five told CA account. And, and speaking of, before we get to that, um, you know, Drew, you tweeted out a bunch of good video from that scrimmage. If you go to our website, just click on either Hebron or prosper. I mean, you're going to see all that stuff come up on the line page. It's, it's a, it makes it really easy from an organization standpoint, like, Hey, you know what? I'm kind of curious that heard these guys mention this, or I want to look at this high school, click on that high school, click on the line and everything that we've published video wise or writing wise or podcast wise, whatever is going to come up right there for you. It's really easy to access. So go check out that footage as well. But um, out in California, we've got a trio of guys each that we wanted to discuss because uh, some good performances that we're tracking out there as those guys get their seasons going. And um, I'll start us off with my three and um, Jack Sand, left-handed pitcher from Crean Lutheran, who's uncommitted and some good video of him from yesterday's outing. Um, surprised that he was still uncommitted, but like we say with California, you can kind of throw a rock and you'll find, you know, a Juco or D1 prospect just kind of hanging out over there. Um, clean delivery, um, you know, good fastball to the corner. Looked like he had some command to both sides of the plate. True slider. Um, I know he really impressed the guys out there that were getting some footage. Uh, so definitely a left-handed pitcher that's that's going to find a home sooner or later. And then his catcher, Jackson Haney in the 2024 class, another uncommitted player. Um, had a really impressive caught ceiling at second base. Good-looking kid physically, moved well, some catch-and-throw skills, strong arm there. Uh, another uncommitted guy at that program that's going to get some attention, I think. Um, and then from the previous week, Colin Clark, right-hand pitcher from Santa Margarita. Um, I liked him. I was kind of looking through his stuff. He's been a big-time performer um, at Santa Margarita, which when you're doing that at, at that type of program against that type of competition – um, it says something, but he's a lower slot righty. Um, you know, it's interesting. It's almost a sidearm type of slot, but he gets onto the fastball and kind of drives it down with some angle. Um, and then the breaking ball as well was kind of like a, a sharp slurve type breaking ball. 
that he could get to consistently. Sometimes you wear out those lower slot guys, like getting on top of the ball with the breaking ball and not letting it kind of bounce out of their hand. He does a good job of spinning it, but um, he's been a performer for a long time now. I think he was up to 88 mile an hour in the game that we saw him at last week. Um, he's uncommitted in the 2023 class and certainly good enough to continue pitching somewhere because uh, a lot of quality strikes in there and just the look I think is tough on righties um, and, and lefties as well because he can get to that arm side fastball. Yeah, um, I'll go to jump to jump to my guys um, moving out, moving out west. Keenan Anzai, um, a pitcher, catcher, corner infielder from Mission Viejo. He does everything. 24. Yeah, 6'3", 190. Um, last year he was first team all league. Um, we got some good footage of him. Uh, looks like yesterday, um, playing out in California. Um, the body, one thing I noticed scrolling through some of his Twitter is he's definitely made a physical jump from last year. Um, but at the same time, looking at their varsity stuff from last year, he produced a lot. Um, you know, he saw some of the stuff where, you know, gave some game recaps of their stuff and, he uh, he definitely put or had a lot of extra base hits last year, um, and he looks like he's off to a good start this year. Uh, yesterday had at least three three RBIs. Mm-hmm. Um, taking balls the other way, um, he can run for his size. He lists himself at six three one ninety with a four point two GPA. Um, so giving himself some options there, both on the mound and and in the classroom, but. Uh, really, really intriguing player um, because he's athletic and it looks like he'll continue to fill out if he keeps on the same arc that he's had from last year to this year. Um, moving out to another game that uh, I think Tim saw last week from Mar- Santa Margarita, uh, 2025 right-hander Hayden George. Um, intriguing arm. Um, has Spends a good breaking ball, uh, repeatable delivery, um, looks like he's not trying to overthrow, which, you know, early in the season you see quite a bit, but looks like he was moving the ball around, getting some swing and miss, some strikeouts and freezing some guys uh, by throwing the ball inside, which I always like to see. There's not enough people throw the ball inside, especially right-handers. Um, yeah. And he looks like he uses that to his advantage. And then my last guy is uh 2023 Stanford commit, Luke Lavin. Um, he's a guy show. that – yeah, he is a monster. Um, <laughs> yeah, he committed back in September of 2020. Wow! And you know, we we mentioned this uh, during our national draft, but you know, that was even kind of back before Stanford started getting really young on the recruiting trail. Yeah. Um, so that tells me a lot because that is typically a very very. Um, selective program and they have to be um because of the academic side of things and they can't they can't just load up on numbers that's not the way it's it works at stanford um and for them to jump on him at that young uh they saw a lot and it's easy Mm -hmm. to see what they saw (laughs) because you can you can scroll through his stuff and man the swing is not changed much at all over the years and other than just getting physically stronger but mm-hmm. it is a pretty left-handed swing um he is a good durable body um from santa margarita and man he is I, you know i know that 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 group out there with mike Eager or thomas Eager, excuse me and um is really really excited to have him uh with coach esker i mean just an awesome program obviously at yeah. stanford and uh you know it says something when you see some of the 
young guys like that committed there. Um, yeah. Luke's a guy that looks like he's going to have a chance to play early from a physical standpoint. Um, he, he doesn't get cheated at the plate. Um, and obviously uh, you probably saw from Twitter. He, uh, he definitely knew he got one the other day and yes, he did got around the bases and after the bat flip and touched on. <laughs> yeah. I can better. Uh, and I, yeah. think it, I think it always says something too, about the guys that commit super early, the young guys that like, they continue to like stay on that trajectory. Like, yeah. Cause it can kind of be human nature and that's the risk with taking young guys, uh, which I say risk. Some of these college programs take them and then just, you know, ah, you know, we don't want you anymore. So it's not really much yeah. of a risk on their end, but, um, but there is some risk involved with, okay, you take this guy, like you're projecting years ahead. Um, and also for the players too, it's human nature to be like, okay, I'm committed, you know, like yeah. him, like guys like him, and just the arrow just kept pointing up, just kept getting better, you know, and they they just make Stanford look smart. Like, yeah, this is why we took this guy. We know the kid. We know the family. We're confident it's going to keep trending the right way. Um, but um, some really exciting stuff there. But, oh, I get, I just got a text that my inspection is wrapping up soon. So, oh. um, yeah, bought a house or in the process of buying a house. We sold our home and found one. We put an offer in on, what was it, Monday? Um, so we, they got the offer accepted and it's getting inspected today, but, um, let's, why don't you wrap us up here in, in like a couple of minutes with a couple of quick college thoughts from that action out of globe life. Yeah. Um, man, it is, it is very, it's very impressive to see the physical stature of some of these college teams. Um, especially, you know, once you've been watching high school and your eyes are kind of on that. Um, you know, some of these really, really good players that we see definitely profile well, but, you know, a guy like Jalen Flores looked, you know, bigger and more physical at the high school level last year. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, he gets in a college, college uniform and he, and he's not that guy anymore. I mean, he's still a projectable body that looks really good and really athletic. So don't think I'm saying he's not because he is, but there's those are grown men that are playing in the SEC, yes. um, especially portal guys. There is there is physicality and there's stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know some teams found that out the hard way this weekend. But um, you know I think probably the biggest takeaway um, is to not overreact about early season stuff. Too late. <laughs> you know, uh, you know you saw Vanderbilt <laughs> lose. Yeah lose game one and not look very good. Then they come back and dominate the next two games. Mm-hmm. And then they lose last night to, I think, Arkansas, central Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of moving parts for those teams. Um, you know, they're still trying to settle into roles. You know, some teams have new staffs and new coaches that are trying to settle into their role. Um, so, you know, th- there's a lot that can be taken away. Uh, from this early part of the season while not taking away too much, you know, at the same time, which is tough, you know, as a fan, especially. Um, But, you know, that's, that's the one thing I try to take away from it. You know, you're going to see some guys that look real. I mean, Jalen Flores didn't have a great um, weekend at the plate overall, but then he goes back and on Tuesday, he hits a home run for his Mm -hmm. first career hit. Um, Jaden Duplantier got his first hit with a double. And then last night ends the game at shortstop with his brother on the mound, which that's cool. 
Um, I think he caught the last out too on a leaping line drive. But, That's um, fitting. Yeah, um, TCU can really hit this year. Um, yeah, I I was impressed with them. Vanderbilt, um, you know, they were a little Jekyll and Hyde, which is you know normal for this time of the year, but they are physical and they have stuff on the mound. Um, Arkansas, um, I'm going to be interested to see what their lineup does. Um, but they've you know stinks that they lost Wiggins to start the year, but Hagen sheds the real deal. Um, yes, he is. He's a he is a legitimate Friday night starter in the SEC. Um, let's see who else. Missouri was impressive. They got themselves. They left Arlington with two wins, um, and there's some physicality there. Um, you know, including their Friday night starter who was throwing 95, 96. Oklahoma State is physical. They have some arms. Um, so it was good baseball. It's, it was good to go and see because it's a good reminder of like what we're looking for. Yes, yes, yeah. and it gives you a good um, it, it gives you a good reset of like, hey, like maybe this kid can really play at that level yeah. uh, when you watch him move around. And then for some, it's maybe like maybe they're not ready quite yet for for the SEC or you know that really mm-hmm. really high level, and that's okay. I mean because there are. A lot of guys on all of those rosters that did not start there, right? Mm-hmm. They they went to junior college or smaller D1s and transferred in. So um, there's a lot of ways to get to the ultimate goal, I think, was is what I'm trying to say. But they uh, it, it was good baseball to start the year, and it was inside on a cold weekend. <laughs> yeah, that, that always helps. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really important personally for us that, like, we calibrate our eyes, like, and remind ourselves what it's supposed to look like as you go up to the top level at the college baseball level, and then even to get an opportunity to get to some pro games, what it really looks like at that level. So um, yeah, it's a uh, early season. College baseball is always very up and down, especially when you've got youth in the lineup. So, or any, just any lineup really, but especially if you've got some youthful guys in the lineup there, there's going to be an, a definite adjustment period. I was um, talking to uh, Anthony Silva's dad and, you know, he mentioned he went up there and watched Anthony play and like they went out after their first game to eat dinner. And he's, he made the comment to his dad. He's like, I'm just like mentally exhausted because it's like you go from high school where, yeah, you focus, but at college, it's like every single pitch. It's just a different level of focus, of competitiveness, of mental fortitude that you have to have. It's a very, very much a grind. So it's, it's a big jump physically and it's a big jump mentally as well. But yeah, we'll continue to touch on the college stuff uh, throughout the year as we follow it. So happy to have all baseball of all types going on right now. And uh, make sure you get to the 5tool.org and check out all of our high school coverage. Uh, follow the podcast at 5toolpod on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, Drew and I will be at a bunch of games uh, this weekend. Uh, fingers crossed weather cooperates because there's a lot of really, really good matchups. Uh, there'll be some definite FOMO moments because there's going to be a lot of really good tournaments across the state um, this weekend. Um, so thanks for tuning in and listening. Uh, for Drew, I'm Dustin. This is episode 102 of the Five Tool Podcast. Uh, until we talk to you all next time, take care.